You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, I am Martina Cunha and you are listening to Backstage Talk. So, welcome back and we have today one new guest. We have here Sam Light. So, hey Sam, how are you? I'm doing so well, how are you? Good, good. How's everything back in New York? New York is good, you know, we're in the middle of like a... A slight spike in coronavirus, so that's not the best, but uh, hopefully, you know, this little spike is just going to make people be a little bit more cautious, and, you know, it won't be um, too uh, detrimental to the city, you know. Yeah, hopefully we're not back in a big lockdown. Exactly, right, yeah, hopefully we can just be responsible, and we can, like, still keep on trying to go about our normal quarantine lives. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we we're not back in in a big lockdown. So fingers crossed for that. Right, right. So Sam, um, introduce yourself, please, for a bit. Yeah. So uh, my name is Sam Light. I am from Appleton, Wisconsin, uh, which is one of like the very like internal states in the U.S. Um, we have a lot of farmland there <laughs> lots of cows we're known for our cows um and i went to school for music theater i have been very active in health and wellness uh throughout my life and moved to new york probably four years ago now a little over four years ago and have since been doing a lot of wellness but then also been doing theater and kind of just like taking whatever opportunities come my way and running with it, so. Cool. Um, how did it end up in theater? I always liked theater, but I, did, I was kind of a late bloomer. I didn't really start doing music theater until later in high school. Um, and my parents were very supportive, and they were, I said to them, you know, what if I wanted to do this in college? And they were like, do it. <laughs> so then I did, um, and... That's kind of it, you know, like, I feel like once I got to music theater school, it was kind of just like, you just keep going. Like, you know, it, it wasn't, there was no looking back anymore. You like finish your degree, you go to New York, you like audition for shows and like, that's what you're going to do. 
Um, and only after being in New York for a while did I realize that you don't necessarily need to follow like the standard path that has been set for any career really, but especially for actors, like you don't have to like go to music theater school and then like have a um, survival job in the city as you're auditioning and like, you know, hate it and (laughs) end up resenting theater and like all that. You don't, it doesn't have to be that way. Right. Um, So it took me a while to figure that out. But now that I have, um, I feel super lucky and I, I still love acting and I love health and I love or health and wellness. And yeah, I feel, I feel super lucky in that way. What was your first show back in high school? Les Mis. Of course, Les Mis. Were you Marius? Yes, I was, yeah. <laughs> you fit for Marius. Yeah, yeah. It was It was the show that kind of gave me the bug, you know? Nice. Cool. The theater bug. But you also did gymnastics. Yeah, so I did gymnastics really early growing up, and... You know, I've actually been unpacking this a little bit more lately. Uh, I remember when I started gymnastics, I was in, I must have been in kindergarten. And uh, I remember saying to my mom, I really like this, but you can't tell my friends that I'm doing this. Because I just like, it was like inherently feminine to me. I don't know what it was about it. I didn't know what being gay was, but like, I definitely knew that gymnastics was like, not, not like, not what masculine men should do mm-hmm. yeah right um but i loved it and i was you know like i think that was coupled with me just like being very good at it you know like when you're good at something you just really fall in love with it um and it's still one of those sports that i wish that i would have like followed through with i wish that i would have continued it because i just loved it and i still like i watch it on youtube all the time it's <laughs> it's like my guilty pleasure for sure and you're going back to it I don't know if I'm going back to it. I've tried to go back to it a couple of times and my body's like, no, but in my workouts that I do, I do a lot of gymnastics and I can do more than I used to be able to do. So, I mean, like, that's a good thing, you know, um, but I, I definitely will never go back to like competitive gymnastics ever. Not only for a nice workout session. A workout session or like every once in a while, my friends and I will go to, uh, a gymnastic center in New York City just like to like have like a fun class or whatever nice cool yeah cool sounds fun I've always loved gymnastics uh, but never had the bug uh, plus <laughs> I don't I don't, I don't even, I, there must have we must have a center here in Colombia but um, I actually don't know if we do uh, what I did when I was younger was uh, archery and it was fun oh but, th- so but cool. that was because I was obsessed with the Lord of the Rings uh And, Me too. Yeah. So yeah, I I I wanted to be an elf, more like Orlando Bloom being Legolas, but <laughs> so yeah. So I, I tried archery. Orlando Bloom as an elf was like my sexual awakening. <laughs> I feel you. Like I'm not kidding, and my boyfriend thinks that I'm insane, but like I make him rewatch those movies all the time, and I'm like, ah, that that's my type. Orlando Bloom as an elf. <laughs> And that that was the that was the year and the moment in life when I knew. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. So you graduated from Baldwin Wallace from yep. Music Theater. Yep. Then you moved to New York and you started working in the industry as soon as you got there or 
how do you start? Yeah, actually, again, I had kind of like a, a non-linear path for music theater. Normally in my program, you would just do the four years. At the end of the four years, you do a showcase where agents come to your showcase and then you get an agent and that's how you get your auditions in New York. You move to New York. It's great, right? Um, my senior year of college, I kind of decided as like, maybe I want to take a step back here and I want to do some more like directing and producing stuff. And so I started directing shows. I directed a show at Baldwin Walls called Theory of Relativity. I directed or I co-directed uh, West Side Story, um, which is one of our main stage productions. And when one of the uh, producers from New York was coming to Baldwin Wallace to do a master class. He came to see West Side Story and I was with him. I was like kind of like his um, like chaperone kind of like bringing him to dinner and then bring him to the show. And he became my mentor in New York. And it got to be November and my mentor was like, I he's the executive producer for Cameron Macintosh North America. And so he was like, we're starting Miss Saigon in January. Would you want to graduate early, skip your showcase, and be a production assistant on Miss Saigon? And I said, yeah, absolutely. I'm, like, ready to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so I graduated early. I graduated at the end of 2016 and then moved to New York and started Miss Saigon um, two days after I moved there. So that was a great experience, and, like, I learned so much Um of kind of just like how the industry worked and uh you know like I I learned a lot about working with my mentor and I ended up doing another show with my mentor um we did ragtime at a gunquit I assistant directed it and then long story short one of our ensemble members had a funeral and so I swung into the show and that's when I was like shit this is really what I want to be doing. I, like, I, 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 it was a good break. I needed that break, but, like, this is it for me. Um, and so I, again, took the nonlinear path to, like, send some cold emails to agents who I knew and managers who I knew. And I happened to get a response back from one of, like, the top agents that I knew of. And... So I auditioned for them a few times, and then finally I signed with them, and that's kind of how my path went. It was very nonlinear, very not like traditional. Uh, you go to showcase, you get an agent, and then you start auditioning. Um, but it was just kind of the path that I needed to go through so that I knew what I wanted to do. And right now you're with the, the same agency. That's CGF? Yep, yep, yep. Cool. I, I, yes. I, I sent a couple emails uh, to them last year when I was trying to get an internship, uh, and yeah. I love them. I really love them. Yeah. And how did you end up in Lion King? Oh, so I was not in Lion King. I was, a, a, like, the same uh, job that I had for Miss Saigon. I had a very similar job for Lion King. I was a production assistant. Um, so when Lion King North America was revamping their tour... I was the production assistant on that tour. So in that process of me, like, finding an agent, I was also working as the production assistant for Lion King um, until, like, it was, like, a couple weeks after Lion King had finished that I got my agent and I started, like, auditioning 
full time. Great. Great. Yeah. Let me get my curtain because it started raining madly. And yeah, so no, 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 please. Give me a minute. I don't know if you can still hear the rain, but let's hope the mic don't, doesn't get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, okay, so you jumped in in this, in this show, and that was Ragtime. Yeah. And on stage, you decided, this is what I really want to do. You were trained in that in college, but... Um, yeah, yeah. Jumping from performing to production assistant to back to performing... It was the moment you said, this is what I want to do with my life. Yeah, it was terrifying because my mentor was the director of the show. And I remember them being like, well, you have to do this. And then like knowing that I was talented, but also like being terrified to sing in front of them and like to like act in front of them because I just like, that's not how I presented myself to them. I presented myself as like a very put together like director. Um, And then they were asking me to like kind of like flip the switch into like a creative uh, actor role. And that was so vulnerable. And I remember being like just terrified. But that's nice. I mean, a lot of uh, us, uh, we jump from performing to directing or producing. Yeah. And that, that I think that's a skill that we need. And yeah. you had it. Yeah, yeah. And how, how did you end up in, in The Lightning Thief? Yeah, so I had like a solid six months of auditioning. And, you know, like I, I did like a regional production of Hairspray. Um, but like, of, like not, not quite hitting, right? It just wasn't exactly right. I got close to a few different jobs, one of them being Marius and Lemez. Um, you know, just always coming back to, the, to that first show. Um, and, it, but it wasn't, it wasn't really hitting. And I go back to this idea that like, I was not working in health and wellness yet. And so I had a lot of crazy survival jobs, right? Like I had a job where I was like counting pennies for someone. Um, and like packaging pennies and like, it was insane. Um, I had a job where, I, I don't remember, but I, I have like a list in my phone. I was like, you don't want to forget all of these jobs that you've had that were absolutely insane. <laughs> I'll, I'll define it. Um, and uh, so I, I went through a good phase of my life where I was like doing survival jobs. And then after about six months, I started uh shifting into health and wellness and uh when I say shifting I wasn't like shifting away from acting but I was definitely shifting away from a survival job because I knew that that was not going to be conducive to my auditioning mm -hmm. and it was pretty immediate as soon as I started taking personal training clients and as soon as I started coaching um it was really really easy for me to walk into the audition room and kind of say like I would love this job. I would love to play Percy in The Lightning Thief, but like, I don't need this because like, I love my clients. I love what I'm doing uh, in health and wellness. Um, and that was kind of like the absolute deciding factor 
that like flipped the switch for me of like taking the pressure off because I think I was just so anxious all the time and I needed something to to like lower the stakes a bit and say like this is not all about like you giving me a job anymore because like I don't need this job anymore so um so long story short I was doing a lot of health and wellness stuff and I was training uh as an athlete myself and doing mostly that and then I auditioned for Lightning Thief, which was just really funny because um, one of my really good friends was playing Percy, Chris, uh, who also went to Baldwin Wallace. Um, and I was like, God, I don't want this job. Like, I don't, like, I've set up such a good base in New York City. I don't want to leave right now. Um, and of course, that was the job that I got. And I, I want to, like, you know, really reframe that. When I was doing it, I, fully came to the realization of being like you're an idiot of course you want this job it was amazing it really was but like at the time I was just like such a brat and I was like god do I want to do this I might like not make as much money or like something like that it's like it's so stupid um it was absolutely a phase (laughs) and I'm glad I got over it and then I'm so glad that I did it so um but I fully believe that like young actors the best thing that you can do is make sure that you don't have a survival job. You have to have a job that aligns with acting that allows you to do both in a positive way. Because I think that when you are waiting tables and you hate it, which some people love it, in which case, like, that's not what I'm talking about. But, like, if you are doing a job that you hate because you have to pay your rent while you are auditioning, you are absolutely setting yourself up for failure in the audition room. Because... Casting agents, directors, they can smell that desperation. You walk in and you say, I really need this job. They're like, good, I don't want you, you know? So I think that the the biggest thing that you can do as a young actor to make sure that you're setting yourself up well is to just, like, find what else you like. Find what will be conducive to uh, the flexible schedule that you need for acting, um, whether that's graphic design or web design or... Um, you know, like entrepreneurship or uh, uh, consulting or marketing, like things that you can do remotely, um, things that you can do on your own schedule, things that uh, allow you to have autonomy that you can like, you're not constantly worried about paying rent, you know, like that is the absolute best thing that you can do for your acting career. So... Wow, what a tangent. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's, it's, it's great. I mean... Uh, I got to you thanks to the Lightning Thief. Uh, right. And I, I didn't get the chance to see it, unfortunately. But I think that since last year and this year, two shows have been really revolutionary for the industry. And more setting a generation of people that not only met musical theater for the first time, but went back to books or music... Um, released a lot of uh, time ago and it's The Lightning Thief and Jagged Little Pill. I think those two have been such amazing musicals and such amazing productions um, that are revolutionizing the industry. Um, Right. One being uh, an original musical like uh, the Bracey Jackson and one being a jukebox musical. Um, Yeah. And 
I I I got to you. I got to Chris. Um, I got to Kristen. Uh, I got to all the cast. Thanks yeah. to social media and thanks to yeah. the work of Ashley. Um, and I, God, I, she's amazing. I I. I I don't know her. <laughs> I love her, uh, and yeah. I, I I really want to know her because her job is uh, her job on social media and creating community is so amazing. Um, yeah, and I, I want to go back to your experience being the CrossFit Percy because I know that mm. was your nickname when the show was on. Yeah, yeah. How was it for you to be on stage for that specific musical? You know, it was interesting because. First of all, just going back to Ashley, she's like absolutely changing the entire social media game. Like if every Broadway show is not, doesn't have her like on their radar right now, they are insane because what she did with The Lightning Thief is incredible. You know, like she turned this like little show that could into like a Broadway show. It's insane. It's insane. And she did that. You know, like I truly like... um I dedicate so much of the success of The Lightning Thief to Ashley Latimer. Um, but in terms of my personal experience as CrossFit Percy, um, God, it was such a blast. I was terrified most of it, you know. Um, I have to be totally honest and say, like, I had the time of my life, the best acting experience I've ever had playing Percy, And I found playing Luke and and Aries to be so unbelievably challenging. It was, you know, it's trying to cover two roles that are just complete opposites. And, you know, like Percy and I, I we can totally say that like acting is so much more than this, but like Percy was playing myself on stage. It was great. You know, like maybe like a little bit heightened Sam, but like it was mostly just Sam, right? Um, And Aries was, like, putting on something. And, and um, uh, Luke was putting on something. And it just goes to show that, like, you know, understudying is a weird thing to do because, you know, like, I would never have been cast as just Luke. You know what I mean? Like, it happened that I could cover that role. Um, but I don't think that I would ever, ever be cast as that, right? Um, and I think that's fine. But it does you into like a little bit of like a mental like um when you think about like god why does it feel so good with one of my tracks and the other track makes me feel like a complete amateur like you know just tear like pulling down the show and making it trash you know like <laughs> it, it was a really it was it was hard it was um it was definitely hard yeah but it was a nice challenge It definitely was a really good challenge. I, and honestly, like, um, everyone is always, like, very, very helpful. Um, we were really lucky because our creative team is just, like, incredible as well. You know, like, they're, they are – Stephen and Patrick were always just about, like, you know, okay, so this doesn't work for you. Let's change it. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't need to be exactly how James did it. Um Or, like, you know, with other understudies, like, it, it doesn't need to be exactly how they did it um, if it's not right for you. Because, like, the worst thing is going to be an audience seeing you try to be something that you're not. You know, like, that's going to be, like, a little horrible. <laughs> All right. I want to 
shift a little bit to one uh, topic that I know you're really passionate about, uh, and it's the body image in the industry. Because I uh, know yeah. um, you've been really an advocate of changing that traditional or stereotypic image of how a body should be to be on stage or to be yeah. on screen. Um, let, let's go deep, deeper on that. Uh, wh what's your point of view to a body image in the industry or a body for the entertainment industry? I think when you enter the health and wellness space, you have a pretty big decision you have to make right off the bat. And that decision is whether or not you are going to go into image or whether you're going to go into this idea of like, how do you feel? How are you doing? How are you moving? You know? Um, and I think that for a lot of people, it's incredibly tempting to go the image way because it's super marketable. It's super clickbaity to say like, I'm going to get you a six pack in six days, or it's super marketable to like use your clients before and after pictures and say like, this is what I can do to your body. I can transform your body, like whatever. Um, and I think it, that's why most of the health and wellness space is saturated with these like very, very aesthetic based trainers. I think Broadway has traditionally been so much about like a certain body type. It's been ingrained in us. Like if, if someone says like, let me help you get a Broadway body. Uh, it just like, it's make, it makes me cringe. And yet it's something that has been around for so long. You know what I mean? Like that's not like a new term that's actually been around for so long. And we're just now starting to like kind of phase it out and say like, what the fuck is a Broadway body? Like, are you kidding me? Like, I, like are, I, it seems like the, the bodies that are best playing the roles are a Broadway body. You know what I mean? And like, and I know that that's not necessarily what people mean, but sometimes it kind of is like, they're saying like, are you going to be like, like a stroh girl where you're like six feet tall Suit, like super long legs and you look like a rockette like that's kind of what they're talking about with a broadway body and with a man they're like are you gonna look like hugh jackman or um um here's another good example it's like recent um patrick bateman wait is he the actual character or is he the actor i don't know anyway anyway so like these like very like jacked like leading men on Broadway and like oh yeah that's the Broadway body and you're like I think we're just past that I think that we're so um we are finally starting to like try and tell stories how they actually are um which is why we have to like get rid of this idea of like Broadway body right um that being said there is like a fine line between like and I think that we have to like stay really positive about this, but like of saying like when you have to do eight shows a week, you absolutely need to be training your body in a way that will allow you to do that. Right. Because it's not easy. Honestly, like seeing my cast have to do eight shows a week. You're like, no, no, no. This isn't just like 
the two and a half hours that you're on stage, right? It's like, you know, it, it really catches up to you doing that week after week after week of two, two show days a week. And like, you know, um, and I think that it's really important that we're focused on health and wellness as Broadway performers, right? Like dissociating that from weight or body image is one of the best things that we can do for Broadway. And I don't know if I'm being very clear with that. Basically saying like, we need to be training our bodies for Broadway. It has nothing to do with how you look. And so that is kind of like uh, something that has been, you know, very important to me. Um, even though I honestly am not even super big in the Broadway industry with my personal training clients. Like I don't really have, um, I have a few people doing my online program who are in the Broadway industry. Um, but I mostly work with just like New Yorkers and like people across the country. Right. Um, but I had to make the decision very early on to say like, no, I'm not going to have you make aesthetic goals I'm not going to have you weigh yourself um, because I just don't see those as being part of a sustainable program for you. Like, okay, say that you lose 10 pounds and that was your goal. What's the next goal? To lose another 10 pounds? Is that healthy for you? Is it achievable for you? And if it's not achievable for you, are you going to continue working out or are you going to stop and binge? You know, like, and that's kind of how I look at um any of those aesthetic goals. So I decided to focus on doing better, feeling better and moving better. And just to break that down a little bit more, focusing on doing better, I want you to be able to run a mile faster, or I want you to be able to walk upstairs and not get winded. Um, when I'm talking about feeling better, I'm talking about, I want us to focus on eating better and sleeping better and making sure that, um, we are emotionally healthy. And then when I talk about moving better i'm talking about making sure that we have the movement mechanics so that when we're 80 and we're standing up from our couch we can do that safely because we learned how to properly do a squat right we weren't too busy looking at ourselves in the mirror doing bicep curls um and i've found that when we do that when we focus on doing feeling and moving better we end up looking better it's amazing it's <laughs> it's great but when we focus on looking better we don't do feel or move better. So it's been like an uphill battle for sure, because it'd be so much easier to just say like, do my program. Mm -hmm. It'll get you a six pack in six days, but it's just not, it's not leading to sustainable health. And that's not what I believe in. And I mean, going back to the Broadway thing, I don't think that's what Broadway needs either. Broadway doesn't need like to look like they need, like Broadway doesn't need another six pack, you know? And that's something I actually love uh, about your program and about Lightning Health. Um, I'm personally not in, in, in your program yet. I want to do it. Um, but the, the, the shifting the mindset from your worth is on your weight to your worth is actually on what you feel and feeling better, it, it just blows my mind because I think yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a game changer. Um, yeah, and I think it's really important right now to start having people that advocate for 
how you feel, how you move. Um, yeah. Instead of uh, you're going to wait and yeah. we'll check the number every single day. Yeah. Nope, nope, nope. Um, I love also that you, you don't say exercise, you say movement. That is something because presently the word exercise exhausts me since I yeah. say it. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and I really like that mindset of it's movement, not exercise. You're, it's not gym. Uh, I, I, I actually love that. I, I try and be really careful about the verbiage for sure because when I look at movement it encompasses so much more than exercise or fitness right uh the biggest thing that i say to my clients is i don't want you to be doing something that you don't like because if you don't like it you will not continue to do it throughout your life right uh so what if you don't like lifting weights but you do like playing tennis I would so much prefer you to play tennis. I would so much prefer you to do the movement that you like to do. And sometimes that may not be what like we what we categorize as exercise, you know? Like tennis may not be like exercise to us because it's not a spin class or it's not uh, lifting weights at the gym. But like doing something is so much more important than doing nothing, you know? And if It means that you will exercise at the gym for two weeks, but then drop off and not do anything. Or you could play tennis and continue doing it for the rest of your life. I would absolutely choose tennis every single day, which is why the movement verbiage is just so much more important to me. I, and I love that. Um, how and when did you start this program? Because I know it, it, it I, I don't know if it, you started it before or after pandemic. Uh, yeah, so I was starting to write it unconsciously, uh, last year and I was making Jared do the workouts <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Jared's my boyfriend and, um, over quarantine, it kind of like got a little bit clearer of what I was doing. I had like, you know, just like a note of all these workouts that I was like programming and doing and like kind of like testing out. And then over quarantine, it got like pretty serious. And then, you know, these past four months, especially because the program actually came out just about a month ago. And uh, over the past four months, especially, I was like, oh, yeah, this is what we need to be doing, especially because there's going to be a second wave. Gyms are going to shut down again. We need a way of working out at home that we don't hate. You know, like we need something that. Um, is sustainable and allows us to move our bodies and like it is it's gonna kind of like pull us out of the quarantine funk because god i felt it i'm sure you felt it so many people have felt it and we just have to like really really be trying to fight against that um so jared was your guinea pig for all the exercises uh yeah. and now you have them on your website right Yeah, so you sign up through the website, but then you download an app and all of the workouts are, you know, served to you through the app. So some of it is self-directed. Some of it is you doing a video with me um, because I think that you need both. I think that you need to be responsible for yourself and be able to like self-motivate. But then also you need to like sometimes need a little help and do it with me. You know what I mean? And I, I love that it's both of them. So that's how it's set up right now. That's awesome. I'll, I'll definitely try it soon. 
um, because I, I really need to go back to working out uh, because I'm only like doing yoga uh, and sometimes spinning. Movement but, is great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, but I, I think sometimes I need something more intense. <laughs> so I, sure. I want I want something more more fiery. Um, yeah. And the last point I want to talk to you about is what are your future plans? I mean, you, your program is going great. Uh, your social media channels are going great with all your videos and stuff. Uh, where are you headed? God, who knows? Honestly, I, you know, I'm excited for theater to come back. I think it'll be like we had a, such a long period of um, reprieve. And I think it made us, you know, reprioritize and like kind of think about like, why do we love this? Why do we need this? You know, I think going through college, going through music theater, I would always get like question myself and say like, why am I doing this? Because it seems pretty vain. You know what I mean? Like it seems like I am performing in a show because I want people to see me sing, you know? And I was like, God, this is really tough for me because it doesn't seem like very, like I'm like serving anyone but myself right now and that was part of the reason why I started health and wellness is because uh, like I it was so gratifying to be able to help people find sustainable health and wellness right but I think that quarantine has done a really really good job of reminding me just how powerful the arts are you know like I mean you people see this all the time like okay, before you say that, like, we should cut arts funding, like, think about all of the forms of media that you consumed today, this podcast, um, you know, like, the TV that you're watching, the movies that you're watching, the live theater that you're going to see, the music that you're listening to, like, mm -hmm. all of it mm -hmm. is part of the arts, and it's not just for us as performers, we're not just doing it for us, it's because it allows us to, it allows communities to be able to um, empathize in a way that we sometimes aren't able to do. I think that like my best example of that is like that, you know, that, that, um, phenomenon of when your parent is like, well, I don't, I, I don't agree with being gay. Like, I don't agree with it. And then you say like, Oh, well, what about my friend, Michael? You love Michael. And he's like, well, yeah, I, I, I am okay with it because like, I know Michael, you know what I mean? And I think that theater kind of allows us to have some of the experiences of the stories that we're telling without that directly happening to our lives. And it allows us to like really empathize in that way. Um, and that's something that we're really missing, especially in the United States right now, you know, that empathy and that um, trying to see the perspective of people who are less fortunate than you, that's what theater can bring to communities. And oh, we need that. And I, I think theater heals. And yeah, we need, absolutely. the whole world needs a lot of healing right now. Yeah. Um, okay, I want to ask you one last question. And I, I, I ask this uh, to every guest. What's your top five favorite shows? Okay. Um, Les Mis. <laughs> of course. Uh-huh. Um, Ordinary Days is one of them by Adam Guan. 
God, this is a really hard question. <laughs> You're thinking it a lot. Choose no brainers. No, I mean, <laughs> I loved Next to Normal, but like, I don't know if that's like one of my favorite shows. You know, like, um, wait, let me go through my. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's like right on the top. You know, like I'm just forgetting. You know, um, what are your top five favorite shows? Uh, okay, um, Next to Normal, Singing、yep. in the Rain, Lion King, Dear Evan Hansen, and Billy Elliot. Okay, Th- those、Lovely. are the top five. But、uh, yep. recently, Lightning Thief, Jack Little Pill,、uh, and I recently found. I actually, my my, my brother jokes a lot、uh, with this because I have a playlist in, in Apple Music that's called a very musical playlist, and I made it myself、yep. with my favorite shows. And I recently found Sing Street, and I loved it. Yeah,、and、yeah. It breaks my heart that it—I I think it couldn't open on Broadway, and it really breaks my heart. <laughs> it may come back. I auditioned for that show six times. <laughs> um. Okay, I've got some more. I've got some more. Bat Boy, by Lawrence O'Keefe. If you haven't listened to it, you gotta listen to it. It's just so perfect. It's such a good show. Um, Wild Party by Andrew Lippa. Okay, because there's、yep. two of there's two. Yeah, the two's a yeah yeah yeah. And then I would say probably、um, Sunday in the Park with George. Cool.、Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Well, Sam, thank you so much for being here. It's been amazing having you as a guest.、Um, yeah, love, thank you for having me. I love what you're doing、uh, with. Your health and wellness program,、uh, and I'll leave all your social media in the description of this episode. So thank you so much for being here. I enjoyed of it. Of course, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. I really did too. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye bye. Thank you. Thanks everyone for listening to this new episode of Backstage Talk. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Backstage Talk Podcast. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the Rise Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. Rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work. Or aspire to work in the theater community. This can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org. Because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah,、oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.